0: Hi, this is Matt Kemple, co
1: owner of Milwaukee's premier live comedy spot, The Laughing Tap, and founder of the Milwaukee Comedy Festival.
0: It seems you guys really like that last set. Let's see if we can keep the
1: applause going and get the guys and their guests to give us a part two to the interview. I think they're coming out. Here they are. Show them your love, people. It's season six of the Bait and Switch podcast. Welcome back to the Big Switch Podcast. It's Jim. It's Chris Beyer, as always with Jim. Hey, Jim. Hey, Chris. Our guest is the same guest as we had last week. This is the second half of a two part interview. His name is Dave Williams. Hey, Dave. Hey, Dave. Hi, Chris.
2: Hi, Jim. How are you doing?
1: Great. How are doing you? good. Doing good. Hi, we talked last week or last episode about Dave's experiences about uh, DWB driving while black. <laughs> driving while black right. is a uh, unique experience. People don't know. I think white people probably don't know just how often black people get pulled over. So I want to come at this from two angles, you know, the angle of the white guys and the angle of black guys. And I want to talk about what can be done to fix things. So let's, let's start from the angle that that's hinted at, uh, just by this conversation. Are a good number of police officers racist? Uh, I would think that by and large in a lot of especially small towns, the majority of police force is white, and uh even just nationwide, the majority of police force is white. And so you might have this idea that, you know, a lot of white people might have bad bad attitudes, wrong attitudes about minorities, especially African Americans. And so let's just start there. Dave, do you think that police officers might inherently be a little bit more prejudiced against black drivers, especially black males, than they should be?
2: Uh, I I got to answer this in a, strange, in a strange way, okay? I don't think inherently that they are. No, I do not. I don't think people are born, quote, to be racist or prejudiced. I think that's something that you acquire with your surroundings, okay? Mm-hmm. You have to be, quote, taught to be racist or prejudiced. In my opinion. Is there a situation where maybe some of the experiences that officers have that they have to deal with that might make them a little bit more cautious and expect a little bit more or, or something to happen? I think that's a possibility. If you're in a situation where, as a police officer, you're going and you have to you have to deal with, you know, crimes going on or something like that. Where the crimes are happening, and the one and what you happen, unfortunately, to be involved with, you you see more crimes that are being committed by a certain group, mm-hmm. you know. And I'm not saying that they're the only ones doing the crimes, but it just so happens those are the ones that you get called for. Then sooner or later you're gonna start thinking, golly, every time I'm turning around, I'm getting there's a problem with this group, you know. Mm-hmm. Maybe it starts becoming something that because of a pattern, just because of what you're exposed to, you start thinking, I'm always going to have an issue with it. You know, right? if that same officer ended up having to go to calls all the time on a different group, they might end up thinking that group is the problem. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It may not be a matter of race or creed or color. It's just a matter of the situations that they're in. Mm-hmm. That's a possibility. Right. You know? Just like you do have some who have grown up, they were taught. I know lots, there again, North Carolina. Uh, I knew lots of police officers in North Carolina who were Klansmen. You know? Wow.
1: How did like, you know they're a Klansman?
2: <laughs> because I actually had a friend who was a son of a Klansman. And it, it used to be the strangest thing in the world, but he would say, you know what? I can't hang around you know the N word. I can't hang around those people, but right. I can hang around you because you're not one. And I'm like, okay, I want to understand this. <laughs> yeah, no, right. I, what do you mean I'm not one of those? It's and that Vermont
1: accent? Was, is what yeah, I was.
2: Yeah, is, you know, yeah. <laughs> no, he no, it, it'd be basically. He had been taught that black people do this and do that and do this. Mm. These were all the things that all black people do. Mm-hmm. You know? Mm-hmm. Well, I don't do them. Yeah, you know. So things the things that I just don't yeah. do, you yeah. know. Yep. Yeah. I've been called this so much. Like I said, coming from Vermont, going into North Carolina, I've been called this so much. They're like, "You're not black. You're an Oreo. You're black on the outside, but you're white on the inside." I'm like, "How? How do you mean this? You know? Yeah. Because they, you know, people. I went to predominantly black school. People would tell me, "Oh, black people do this, and black people do this, and black people do that." These are black people telling me. And I'm like, well, what difference does it make? Right. You know, mm-hmm. the music you listen to, the, the clothes that you wear, the things that you think, you know, all these things. Like, that's that's not normal. I'm like, well, what is normal? You know, mm-hmm. right. and what it comes down that that I end up, you know, understanding was, unfortunately, just like white people may learn certain things, black people do the same thing. It's the same thing. It doesn't matter what color you are or what race you are. You learn certain things they would tell me all the things that it's going to take to be a black person, you know? And I would sit there and say, you know, this is really interesting because guaranteed if I were a white person and I told you those exact same things, mm-hmm. that what it takes to be black, you would tell me I was prejudiced. Right? Yeah. You know? yeah. Mm-hmm. But you can say it. And I said, I'm not saying you're right or wrong. You know, yeah. please don't think you're, you know, you have every right to think and do what you want. But, you know, just because I may not think exactly the same way that you do. doesn't mean that I'm not as black as you are or as non-black as you are. Police officers, they grow up, before they're police officers, they're people. Right. Mm -hmm. What were they taught in the first place as they were growing up? Right.
1: And the pool of applicants that they get into the police force, that's a different group of people. You know, people that are, they're take charge people, right? I've heard it said that, people that become cops are either ones that oftentimes I'm going to say oftentimes, not all times, but they might be bullies or have been bullied. You know, and they, they get into the police force with a little bit of chip on the shoulder just because of the type of personality they have. And those people might be the ones that pull
2: guns quicker than other people. I think the type of person that you get to go into the, you know, to be a an off uh, into the police force, it's the same type of personality, <laughs> Whether it's a black person, a white person, a Native American, an mm-hmm. Asian American, whatever. It's the same type personality,
0: mm-hmm.
2: period. Mm-hmm. If there were a way of being able to, quote, interview everybody without hearing them speak, mm-hmm. you know, without seeing them, would you be able to tell who they are? This still happens to me now. Friends of mine would say, David, I need to make a phone call, you know, a business call. I want you to make the phone call for me. And I would say, Why? Well, truthfully, people can't tell, you know, if you're black or white when you talk on the phone. And so that's an advantage for me.
0: Right? Interesting. That's interesting yeah. because when you first came on and we were talking here, your camera wasn't on yet. Mm-hmm. And you sounded a lot like a guy that I like our company works with who lives in New York. You sounded like, like there's a little bit of New York accents there or something. I, was, I mean, it was interesting because, like you said, <laughs> I, I couldn't couldn't tell. <laughs> um, that, you're, that you're black. But you make a good point there. You know, like if, if you were able to somehow interact and communicate with somebody without seeing them and without hearing their voice, if it was uh, maybe a computer generated voice or something, you know, would would you treat them differently or would that right. be a different experience?
1: Right. right? right. It's like, uh,
0: you know, some teachers,
1: when you turn in a term paper, you know, when you're growing up they wouldn't have you put your name on it, right? Because there might be a preconceived notion of what this looks like, right? Oh, yeah. And Mm -hmm. so you want to go into it blind like that. Now, I talked about, you know, the cop personality. I could never be a cop. I would fold under pressure. Jim, both of you guys were in the military. Could either one of you, at any point, did either one of you think about becoming a cop? No. Dave?
2: Me, no, because, like I said, I'm not into guns. At right. all, you know. Yeah, right. I would have a hard time, truthfully, being yeah, I mean, being able to pull a gun and you know and use it on somebody, you right. know, I'd probably mm-hmm. end up getting shot before I could shoot anybody else. Right, me, know? me as well. So now you guys, different.
1: you guys both be in the military, military people and cops. I think there's a lot of overlap there. Did you guys know a lot of people that got yes. into
2: police force? I do. I know. I know a lot of them who went on to be you know in, in, into that line of business. You know, it, it's not a homogenous group when you look at people yeah. joining the military. There's they have all types of personalities that they want to do, you know. Right. You may not really know them because once you get into the service, the main thing of the service basically is they want to they want to be able to suppress the personalities so they'll just have a group that will react when they need to. Once once you leave, then it's just a matter of, you know do I go back to my, you know, per, I don't think you ever go back to your original personality because you've been, you know, you've gone through experiences that have changed you, but either you're going to, you know, have a little bit more personality coming back through, or you might just say, you know what, I'm good with this. And, uh, you know, it, and in a case like that, then I need something, I want a job or a career that's more like that. And you find a lot of those people will end out into the, the police force or the, you know, the fire department or, you know, things like that because it's the same type of structure that they have to deal with you know right. it's just a no matter of what they like
0: yep right i mean i think uh, for me i was my career field was um, was like electronic avionics we talked about this a little bit off the air but we mm-hmm. you know and so generally i think you get uh, more uh, i don't want to be i don't want to be condescending towards I thought the, people, people. But, say the same thing yeah <laughs> uh, you know but but i mean in in general they're not the type of people who um? They're more intellectual. That yeah. sounds that sounds terrible. It, it sounds, sounds
2: condescending, like, but it's not. Yeah,
0: yeah.
2: It's um, not. It's yeah, not so, meant condescendingly at all. Right. Exactly. Yeah. And and
0: also the experiences and, and the jobs that that we had uh, didn't sort of have the same kind of lead toward the same path as other ones that I mean like this like avionics, electronics, that doesn't immediately say, oh, policemen, right? <laughs> because I was in the military. That's that's a different it's a different path. Whereas you got guys like maybe like army infantrymen, right? Who are mm-hmm. working more with with weapons and doing and doing more things, you know, like kind of that um policing sort of to a certain extent. Yeah. Uh, you know, that could much easier uh, be a path much easier for towards yeah. police. So
1: Let's right. let's get back to a little bit what David <laughs> talked right. about regarding groups of people. Yeah. Now, let's say for example, you're in an all white suburb. Now, skin color is something that stands out, right? I mean, mm-hmm. you know, yes. somebody's religion, somebody's uh job title, whatever doesn't really stand out when you look in somebody's window, but skin color does, right? Yes. So, let's say you're in an all white suburb and you're a white an all white co- city. All white mm-hmm. city, all white yeah, city no, or no, suburb. No,
2: like my hometown.
1: Right right. And and you see you see a black driver go through that town. You would think immediately something's different with this, right? As a cop, you could you could see a cop saying this is different. I'm not used to seeing this person. Or conversely, yes. let's say a black neighborhood. All of a sudden there's one white guy driving through that black neighborhood. Is it completely out of the uh question for cops of any color to see different skin colors drive through neighborhoods that are homogeneous. And all of a sudden there's somebody of a different thing to say, Hey, this is something I should look out for. Is it, is that guy that bad of a
2: guy to notice this? No, I don't think so. I think that's, you know, that's part of the job that they, that the police are, they have It's It's, you know, you're supposed to be naturally on the watch, you know, as, as we would say in this, you know, you, you have to be on the watch and you're looking out for things that are quote Abnormal. Right. You know, there's nothing wrong with that. The cop sees something and decides, hey, I need to investigate this a little bit more. And that's why I don't mind if you want to stop me and ask a question, ask some questions, stop and ask, you know? Mm -hmm. But it's how you ask and how you go about doing it that can, I guess, make it a little bit more uncomfortable, you know? Right. I've had policemen who have stopped me, you know, and Truthfully, they'll come up and say, You know, I'll say, Well, officer, can you tell me why you've stopped me? And they'll sit there and tell you, Well, honestly, something seemed a little bit, a little bit odd. So I just wanted to check and just verify that everything's okay, you know? Right. And do you know how much, how far that goes into making, to diffusing any ill feelings, you know? Sure. You say, Okay, you know what? I can understand this because believe it or not, if I'm in my neighborhood, you know, and a police officer would come and say, Hey, we we saw that there were some strange people walking around. We just we we wanted to check in and make every make sure everybody's you know feel feeling safe. You know, mm-hmm. I'm sure everybody wants that. People quote, hate the police when they're doing something against them, but they can't they can't wait to see the police when they need the police's help. Right. You know yeah. Yeah. you know, you really think about it. So there's nothing wrong with that. I think that's actually a, a good thing to do. You know, that's where I think it would be nice if you had more, I guess, police interaction in the neighborhoods, so right. that the people get used to seeing the police there for things other than, oh, here's a problem. You know? Yeah. Because yep. if the if the people are, are feel comfortable saying, hey, I, the police are around. They're not here just because there's a problem, you know. Yeah, they're if always you're here. are interested yeah. in the neighborhood, you might find out mm-hmm. that the relationship between the police and the and the, the people ends up improving a lot.
1: Yeah, yeah, which actually leads to kind of the last thing, which is what can be done to make things better. One thing that came up in the last year or two is probably not the best name slogan that was out there where they said defund the police. Uh, they could have come up with something a little bit better Yep. But I think really what they're talking about is to shift resources into other areas. Are either one of you guys open to changing the formula how money is pushed around and in, in policing?
0: My understanding of that, uh, of what that group of people is trying to do is the police come in and they have to be police officers, but that means being counselors sometimes. That means being uh, you know, guys who have to have, be in a shootout sometimes potentially. That means people who are traffic, you know, stopping traffic, you know, people doing things illegally, all these. I think my, again, my understanding is they don't want police officers when they go into a, um, a domestic abuse situation, they don't want these guys being trying to be psychiatrists or social workers or whatever. There seems like they're, they have a lot of different hats that they have to put on. And my understanding is that they actually want those types of, of situations to be shifted, like you said, Chris, shifted to different resources that are that's more applicable than a police officer.
1: Yeah, Dave, what do you think about reallocating police forces in a different fashion that they're already, than they're already doing?
2: I think there's benefit and there's detriment in, to, to that at the same time. Just like Jim said, you know, unfortunately, you have police officers who are being forced to do jobs that really they shouldn't be doing but sometimes they have to it's really a matter of do you have enough resources available in the first place to be able to do these things if you don't have enough resources then is the proper training there for the few resources that you have to try to give them enough tools in the toolbox i guess to be able to try to help out as much as they can i'm a natural pessimist you know i'm i'm one of those people that say people are going to get away with whatever they can get away with, mm-hmm. period. Instead mm-hmm. of people, nat- <laughs> you know, people are naturally good, but they're going to get away with whatever they can. Uh, so that's why I, I really think you have to have accountability. So people, you're at, you're at your job, you know, if you don't do your job, you don't get your paycheck. You, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. You got to come in. There are certain metrics that you have to do. If you're not performing, then why should you be getting paid? So I'm wondering if this this idea or the thought behind this defund the police is a matter of saying, hey, let's take a look and see what's the scorebook. How do we measure how effective, you know, how effectively we are using our dollars if it doesn't seem like city a police force isn't measuring up, you know, then, quote, punish them a little bit. Well, the easiest way to punish anybody, I mean, how do you, how do you punish somebody? You hit them in the pocketbook, unfortunately. You know, you, you sit there you sit there, and you tell people, you've got to wear your safety glasses. You have to wear your safety shoes. You have to do this at work, period, you know? And they don't do it. They don't do it. They don't do it. They don't do it. And each time you keep slapping them on the hand, you know? Sooner later you say, okay, you know what? You don't want to do it?
0: I'm fining you. It's interesting, first of all, that that neither Dave nor I really have a solid understanding of what this is. Um, and defunding the police, I think it's under the misunderstanding that people are saying get rid of the police force. And yes. if that's if that's actually what they're saying, then I am completely against that. I don't yes. think that's the right way to go at all. Yes. and I, I know that some people are saying, "Yeah, we want to do that," and I would be, I would say, "No, that's yeah. a horrible idea." <laughs> yeah. I do think there are a, a
1: small percentage of anarchists that are looking to get rid of the police. I'll <laughs> yeah. say a couple things. One. You talked about these small fines. That's a little bit uh, of a question I've got, which is a common thing in lower income and, and, you know, maybe that might just be a uh, code word for African American, black, lower income neighborhoods is they keep pulling people over for missing taillights or things like Mm -hmm. that. And so, you know, you said you could dock somebody at work, you know, a couple bucks here and there for, for infractions like that. Should, you know, police officers stop going after people with missing taillights. Is it that important? And does it mess up uh, community relations? you got people that are of, of lesser income, got cars that are older, they're more likely to break down and constantly get p- being pulled over for having this car that might not be up to snuff. That might breed a little bit of anger in people. And so should they be letting small things go in a, an attempt
2: to smooth over community relations? Or should you go after every little infraction? You can pull somebody over, you know. You can pull somebody over and say, "Hey, I'm pulling you over." Just like I've had, you know, officers would explain to me, "Hey, this, the reason I'm pulling you over is because of this." You know, you pull somebody over and say, "Hey, I just want to let you know it's not a big deal, hmm. but you got some lights out." You know, and at nighttime, people aren't going to see you. You know. Yep. Yeah. But you and I both know they take that opportunity to run plates. And I then they discover other that's things. That's the problem. Right? That's what yeah. I'm pro- If you're gonna if you're seriously going to pull somebody over because of lights, okay, mm-hmm. then pull them over for the lights. You don't have to quote harass them more. That's where it comes in. Because if you're gonna st- if you're gonna call some, if you're gonna stop somebody and say, I'm pulling you over really because of your lights. This is not a reason for me to run your plates. So I'm not going to run your plates.
0: The thing that I would, and this is going to be again, sort of devil's advocate, but, but forget about the, you know, the, the black, white, uh, that the race thing. Think about drunk driving, right? Mm -hmm. You pull a guy over for a, a missing taillight because you want to make sure he's sober, right? So you pull him over and if he, so now if he smells of alcohol, are you supposed to say, well, I, you know, I pulled him over for a brake light, so I can't do anything about this alcohol thing, right?
2: No, that's a different story. Yeah, it is that's different, yeah. Because when, yeah, you stop, when you stop somebody for mm-hmm. their lights and you find out that they're drinking, now you have probable cause to say, right. well, hold on, here's an issue. Right. Right. Nope. Yeah. I okay. agree that, that versus, yeah, if you smell so alcohol, v- that's yeah. a
1: separate issue. For you
0: yeah. say, so you're saying versus like, I'm now I'm going to run your plates because I have you pulled over already. I, I right. get it. Yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah. So, yeah.
1: Of course. Of course, the big irony is that neighborhoods that there's a lot of police action going on. And that's where the law abiding people in the community need the police even more than out in the suburbs. Mm. And so I'd imagine, and I think, uh, polls show this. The law-abiding people in those neighborhoods, which is the vast majority of them, they welcome the police, right? They don't want to be harassed, but they certainly want them in their neighborhood. And so the idea that just because somebody is Black in a Black neighborhood doesn't want the police in the neighborhood, that's a
2: misnomer. Right. I think everybody wants to have police in their neighborhood, because like I said, theres you may quote, hate the police when they are quote, harassing you, but you love the police when you need them because they're needed. I think everybody likes to have the police. People just don't want to be harassed. Right. Yeah. You know, and so then it's really a matter of finding out Well, what makes me feel like I'm being harassed. What makes you feel like you're being harassed? Find that out. You know, if I'm doing something wrong, I know I'm doing something wrong. But if I'm not doing something wrong and I'm getting stopped. Please explain to me why, you know. No, yeah. and if it makes some sense, I'm like, you know, I can understand that. Thank you very much. I appreciate that. I think
1: one thing that all races need to understand about each other race, uh, the other races, it's it's a common saying, and I'll, I'll throw it out there. I, I it's um, I'm, I'm I'm guarding against this, but there's this idea that people say, all oh, they all look the same to me. My dad was in China, and somebody came up to him and said, Are you a a, a guy from England? And my dad said, no, I'm American. And the Chinese guy said, oh, you all look the same to me, right? Yeah. And so there's this idea that the white police officer looks at the black guy and say, you look like that suspect. And the black people look at each other and go, they don't look anything like the suspect, right. right? But people of one race are very unreliable in telling the nuance and difference within a different race. And so there is this idea that kind of black people and, and Asian people all look the same to white people and vice versa. The yeah. Asian look at white and look at black. They all look the same. And so I think there is this thing out there where white police officers truly look at a suspect and think, yeah, he kind of looks like that guy. And and the black community said, what are you talking about? But I don't think the guy's being untruthful. Right.
2: Well, it's yeah. like me. I'm, I'm, you know, you could you could put a German right beside a Frenchman right beside a Canadian, right. you know, and, you know. I probably wouldn't be able to tell you. Oh, he's German. And he's French. You know, unless you tell me one of them is German, one is French, and one is Canadian, you or know? at least I'm at least them they're, up, they're going to look at it like this. Okay, and they say, "What's their nationality?" Yeah, yeah. you know, or just what, their, what's their, 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 what's their yeah. you know,
1: <laughs> their, their facial. What I'm saying is, their facial characteristics, irrespective of their national origin, their facial right. characteristics right. might
2: not jump out at you as much. When I, I use I, that as an example. Yeah. I when use I, that as an example. Yeah. Because basically, even though here I'm talking nationality, right. it's the same thing. Right. When you sit down and you're and you're you know you're looking because I don't think we really pay attention enough to really discern what people look like. Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah. We, get an, we get a get a quick view. You know, even though police say, all right, can you describe the suspect? Now, how many times have you looked at somebody and you could you could then draw a picture of them? You know, right. yeah,
0: yeah. You know, you're just gonna go,
2: "Well, you know, he was, I don't know, he's maybe six feet tall." You know, right. long, long hair. What color hair? I don't know, brown, brownish, something like yeah. that. You know, it's gonna be vague terms, yeah. always. I just think that
1: the people within one race are more able to see nuance within their own race than other races, and that might lead to confusion.
2: Yeah, I, I, you, you're probably right on that.
1: Well, anyway, Dave, I want to thank you for coming on. Uh, we every now and then we like to address some other issues here on the show, and I wanted to thank you for being a good sport here. And you know, when I approached you with this idea, you're very interested. So I wanted to thank you for being on the show. Yeah, absolutely, sure. I'm Dave. Happy Appreciate to be there. It. My pleasure.
0: Join us next time on the Maiden Switch Podcast when we talk with our friend Scott Civeco and his band, The Weary World.
1: You've made it to the end of another Bait and Switch podcast. Spread the word.